Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could join us today. All of us at some point have endured emotional pain. We've been hurt by people we care about or trusted. And sometimes the wounds are so deep that the pain lasts for years. You feel angry, resentful, and bitter towards the person who hurt you. It can feel like carrying around a personal pot of pain. That's how my guest today describes it. And each day, the pot gets a little heavier. It starts to slow you down and leaves you unable to enjoy your life. But have you thought about what it would feel like to drop that heavy load and never pick it up again? What if you forgave the person who hurt you? Would you feel lighter, free, liberated from the pain you've carried all these years? Today, we're talking about what it means to practice forgiveness and why it's good for you and for your health. What are the steps? I want to hear from you as we talk about this. Have you struggled to forgive someone in your life? Why? Have you forgiven someone in the past? And how did it make you feel? What did you learn about forgiveness? The phone lines are open. You can call us at 651-227-6000. Again, that number is 651-227-6000. Or you can call 800-242-2828. You can also tweet me at Angela Davis NPR. Joining me in the studio this morning is Mary Hayes Greco. She has taught classes about forgiveness for more than 30 years. And Mary is the author of the book, Unconditional Forgiveness, a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. She's also the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training in Minneapolis. Mary, welcome to the program. Good morning. I'm it's so great happy to be here. Just to be in the room with you. <laughs> so likewise. <laughs> this topic, you know, it sounds heavy, but you're actually here today to deliver some good news. And the good news is that you don't have to hold on to all of that anger and resentment and pain. You have the power to be free of it. Is that the message? Absolutely. And that's with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness is an ancient and troublesome concept for people. It's something that comes to us again and again that we have to do to be free, to be happy, to be lighter, to be healthy. And yet we don't want to do it. We don't, or we, or we want the freedom, but we we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there towards that pain. And a lot of people have misconceptions about what it is, and they're afraid that you're letting someone off the hook or condoning bad behavior. But in fact, we should really think about forgiveness in the same way we would think about the words self-healing. Right, because when I think of if something is, is causing so much pain and it's difficult to forgive, it makes me think, well, I'm, I'm right. Like, they did a bad thing. Why should I forgive them? I am so right. I, yeah, I, I love being right. And how long do I going to hold on to being right, mm-hmm. even though it's giving me headaches and stomach aches and high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, maybe you are right. And, you know, in, your, in the process of forgiveness, we need to honor our values and honor what we thought was right. But then we need to let it go. And let everyone have responsibility for their own actions and not carry along the bad actions of other people inside ourselves. So what's the harm in carrying around that pain? Well, it shuts us down. It it uh, kind of narrows our focus, uh, and we start looking through a lens of hurt and a lens of resentment, and we forget that uh, we're here for joy, and we're here for love, and we're here to live certain purposes. And the more that we hold on to the old bad stories, it's like we have fetters around us, like th- things tying us up, and we get smaller and smaller and smaller in our vision of who we really are. And who we really are is actually a great big soul that is able to uh, be bigger than the pain. 
mm-hmm. bigger than the hurt, bigger than the bad story, and uh, to use it as, a, I call it, turning your wound into your wisdom, you know, turning the, uh, the pain you've been through into a certain gold inside you that is a strength. So it's really uh, worth poking into and exploring and, and discovering why is forgiveness mentioned as a major practice in all the world religions? Why? And to, you know, really realize that in a way it's it's a public health issue. There's so much hate and resentment and grousing in the air these days, and it's not good for us. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve us. And it serves everyone to learn how to heal their pain and how to deal with anger in a really healthy way. Because we benefit from the forgiveness, not the person that we... We do it forg- for us. We Yeah, you do it for yourself. Yeah, they might not ever know that you forgave them, but you know because you're sleeping better. You know because the next time you see them, you're not just having that rise mm-hmm. inside you. But you can look at somebody who was formerly really an oppressor and with a certain neutral neutral stance, certain neutrality, kind of like you're just watching a character on television and they can't really hurt you anymore. In your introduction, um, I said that you have taught classes about forgiveness for more than 30 years. I know you've seen some things and heard some things, but one of the things you talk about in the book is the physical release in your body. What happens to you physically when you really do forgive someone? Describe that. In one word, lighter. I hear that word thousands of times when I get to the end of a session with somebody, it's maybe an hour to 90 minutes, to put down a really pretty bad story that they've carried for a long time, but they're finally ready. And I look at them, and I can see the change. I can see the change on their body. I can see that their skin is brighter, that their eyes are clearer, that their shoulders are are softer, that their heart is open. You can just see it in people's posture. But I'll ask them, so how do you feel now? And they're like, lighter. And I'll say, where do you feel lighter? And they can always point to it. They point to their heart or their belly or their forehead. I feel lighter here. I feel like I let go of a block here, a burden here. Because this, this story has been tying up your energy in your body for all these, all these years. And it doesn't matter whether the story is two weeks old or two years old or two decades old. You can still resolve it and put it down in a short amount of time once you're ready and once you know what the steps are. And what if the person that you need to forgive is dead, is gone? Well, they're not dead in your mind. They're still in your mind, right? The story Mm -hmm. is still playing in your mind. You're still reacting to what happened, whatever, 15 years ago. You're still defining yourself smaller because of what happened a while back. You have to get them out of your mind. What do they say? Rent-free room in your head. You have Mm -hmm. to kick them out, kick that tenant out of your head. And forgiveness is the way that you do it. And I believe that, uh, well, you know, science tells it tells us that energy can't be destroyed or, you know, it's, it's always somewhere. When someone dies, they're somewhere. You know, if, my belief is that their soul is somewhere. And that I have seen some really some wonderful reconciliations happen in, in my office with a person who forgave someone who had died where they felt like just for a moment, ah, they felt them. They felt them touching hearts with them. They felt them, you know, some kind of spiritual connection that said, okay, we're done. That's good. We're good. We're at peace. And it's it's really a kind of a uh, intense and important experience for those people. You have a, a new definition for forgiveness, new in, in that I've not seen this before. Um, Nobody argues with it. <laughs> tell everyone how you define the word forgiveness. Okay. So uh, we say that forgiveness is the profound and refreshing relief that comes 
when you release an expectation that has been causing you to suffer. When you're carrying in your mind this big should that shouldn't have happened, they should have been different, they should have been there for me, they should have told the truth, should, 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 should. That's an expectation that we have of a person or situation. And it's a reasonable expectation, you know, it makes sense. Um, and we're holding it in our mind, but it's kind of glued in our mind. And every time reality shows us something different, we have that static between what we think should be and what actually is. So the relief comes when we're able to shift our expectations of what a person is or would be or what they had done to a preference. Like, you know, I'd really prefer that you were easy to be with. I would really wish that you were always uh, honest with me. I really would prefer that my uh, you know, parent had been more present to me when I until I was fifteen, but they were drinking, so they well, weren't. What immediately comes to my mind, uh, expectations of parents. You should have protected me, and you did. Yes, our expectations are reasonable, important. They, they feel like justice and and laws of nature, and perhaps they are. And yet, what happened happened. You know, my. My dear dad was drunk until I was 15, and he got sobered up, thankfully, at that point and, and uh, got himself together over the next bunch of years. But a lot happens and doesn't happen to a girl before she's 15 if her dad is not present, if he's checked out. So Is that your own personal story? That's my story? own experience, yeah. And so and it's a big expectation, but here's my freedom. Here's what happened. I needed to really go through the pain of that neglect and those mistakes that he made and really express my feelings about them. And then I needed to shift it to like a wish, you know, sure wish my dad had sobered up before I was born. Sure wish my dad had been there for me as a dad, you know, while I was really growing up. But he had a disease. He was a vet with PTSD from World War II. He had alcoholism that had been in the family for generations. He was sick okay, and I can't carry any feelings about myself, any shame about myself, because he wasn't there further. I released that expectation that my dad would have been sober when I was young. I released that expectation. And how we release the expectation is what the method is all about. The method has eight steps to it. And they come out of my teacher's observations of 45 years of psychotherapy. If you do mm -hmm. these eight things, guess what? It leaves your system. It dissolves out of your body and mind. And you can actually feel more love for that person. And you actually feel more strength in yourself because you are no longer defined by that story. You have turned that wound into your wisdom. And we're going to get into the eight steps, but I have a couple more questions for you before we do that, mm -hmm. um, because I'm just fascinated by the fact that that you can take a class on forgiveness. Like for, for decades, you've been teaching classes. And so this is actually uh, learning how to forgive is, is a skill when you can study and learn. It's and a practice. life skill. You can learn it. You learned how to brush your teeth. You learned how to drive a car, right? There are steps mm -hmm. to the learning. Think about driver's ed. You know, before you got in the car, when you were 15 and a half, it was kind of daunting. It was maybe, you know, a little right. scary and it didn't, you didn't know mm -hmm. what you're doing. And so you took a class and you learned all the stuff and you practiced on the road and you practiced for six months and then you got able to drive. Well, forgiveness is, it's not hard. It's actually not hard. Not, not any one of those eight steps is mysterious or hard. It's just that you need to learn. This is how healing happens. This is how the psyche restores itself. 
This is how the psyche uh, heals and becomes whole. First, you need to do this. You need to decide. Next, you need to do that. You need to get your feelings out. Next, you need to identify your expectations, etc. So it's it's very uh, orderly in a way uh, because I think our psyches want wholeness and they want to turn our stories into um, advantages and not liabilities. But timing is is key in this. And, and how do you know it's time to forgive someone? Because um, for a lot of people, it just may, it may not be the right time. Like I just, mm-hmm. I, I know I need to do that, but not now. Right. Well, when you're super, super busy, you know, maybe you're in a new job and you have a lot of meetings or whatever, it's <laughs> not time to do self-healing. You need to stay sharp. You need to keep in your brain and, you know, focus, etc. Um, I think it's time when you when you find that you're you're tired of the story. You're sick of hearing yourself say mm. that. You're, you're mm-hmm. feeling like, I am boring myself. You know, am I going to l- sing this song the rest of my life? Oh, my God, that was 40 years ago. I got to let this go. You know, what? how do I do that? Oh, or else, you know, maybe there's a new doorway beckoning you, a new relationship beckoning you, and you want to go there, but you're scared because you're carrying all this baggage from your last two not good relationships. What do you do? Well, you have to dump the load from those last two relationships so that you can see this one in the present and enter it freshly and with new strength. See, I think that's one of the key reasons to to address it, to, to do it, because of this personal pot of pain we may be carrying around. It affects your present day relationship. It does. It does. Yeah, it, it, and people can feel it on you. And, you know, sometimes you, you're with people then they're kind of reactive about certain things or they have trigger buttons that go off in certain things. And you're kind of walking on eggshells around them because they, they haven't dealt with their pot of pain. They haven't healed it enough. So, um well, I just want to remind everyone, if you're just joining us, we're talking about forgiveness uh, and, and the good news about forgiveness, that there are steps you can take to learn how to forgive someone. And I want to hear from you. Have you struggled to forgive somebody and why? Or have you done this? Have you forgiven someone in the past? And how did it make you feel? What did you learn about forgiveness through this process? I'm talking with Mary Hayes Greco, who has taught classes for 30 years now about forgiveness and uh, continues to do so. She's the author of the book, Unconditional Forgiveness, A Simple and Proven Method to Forgive Everyone and Everything. She's also the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training. Taking your phone calls at 651 651- Two two seven six thousand again six five one two two seven six thousand or you can call eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight and Mary before we take some phone calls I, I want to read this written question because it's also on my list of questions for 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 you uh, Kathy in Minneapolis asks this How do you recover from real trauma and abuse situations that aren't Forgivable. So we've we've been talking really about emotional pain, but mm-hmm. um, there are, are degrees of pain. There is is physical abuse and and things that that would classify as unforgivable. What do you say to people in that situation? Hmm. I guess I'd invite Kathy and anyone who's. Uh, uh, struggling inside a story that feels unforgivable, that um, it empowers us to claim that everything is healable. Everything can heal in the fullness of time, with our determination, with our with support, with uh, knowledge about the steps, and with patience around the time. So uh, I have heard some really pretty big bad stories in my life, and uh, I have been amazed at what stories people are able to get through. And what you really, we really need to understand before we get started is we're not excusing it. 
We're not forgiving is not excusing. It's not condoning. It's not saying it's okay. It's not uh, uh, putting ourselves open for further abuse. The one of the steps in our method has boundaries in it. It says, and now we say no, you know, to this this thing in the future. We say no. We have boundaries. We don't. We don't deserve this. So uh, we really do free ourselves up, even of ter- terrible physical trauma, even of terrible sexual assault. I've heard all of these stories, and I have been amazed to see just the phoenix of the human spirit rise up out of this terrible story because they finally went there and um, and let it go. And if the word forgiveness is hard, okay, call it something else, you know, call it healing. I also want to say that in terms of um, uh, trauma, severe trauma, I found it helpful to pair the eight steps to freedom and the forgiveness method with various uh, trauma techniques. So if you have a real physical um, or, or criminal or intensive story, uh, you might want to also do some EMDR. Or uh, What any, does that mean? Uh Eye movement desensitization reprocessing. It's a it's a, a technique that's arisen in the last fifteen twenty years. Many therapists do it, but it addresses the uh, the uh, grooves in the brain. It, it it addresses the way trauma has gotten kind of fixed in our brains, mm-hmm. and um, so it's a it's one of the new. So know, there are exercises you can do. Yeah, and, and yeah, if it's a if it's a big physical story, but I have seen. Uh, some remarkable recovery from those stories. So you've witnessed in your decades of teaching classes. I have witnessed it. and put I w- it behind them. Yes. And I, I have been amazed. And I'll just say one of my uh, signature moments for myself around, wow, can I go there in terms of bad stories? You know, can we all go there in terms of bad stories is one I witnessed in a workshop. I was teaching a woman who had been tormented for at least 15 years by mm. the experience of having been sexually assaulted by her minister. And it got, it got her mm. messed up in every way possible, including mm-hmm. her relationship with spirit and God. She couldn't, mm-hmm. she, it was all messed up. And she had been through some therapy and some, um, you know, attempts at it. But in that workshop, she really did go there with uh, uh, getting her feelings out about that atrocity and opening up in a new way to her life, even though that has happened. And she looked like a full-blown rose when she was done with that. And she moved on, and, and that story was done, was complete. And it kind of challenged everyone in the room who were sitting there with their mouths open to say, oh, I guess I can forgive my mother for not stopping by after church on Sundays. I guess I can forgive my brother-in-law for being rude. I saw this woman do this amazing thing. We're going to take some phone calls now as we talk about forgiveness. Uh, We want to hear from you. Have you struggled to forgive someone in your life and why? Or have you been able to do it? We want to know how it made you feel. Call us at 651-227-6000 in Minneapolis. Let's talk to Brittany. Brittany, thank you for calling in. What did you want to share with us or ask? Hi, um, thanks so much for the program. I've already learned so much already. Um, I never thought I'd talk about my breakup on NPR, but... I was engaged um, about a year ago, and it ended, and it wasn't mutual or, you know, my doing. Um, I feel like I've done all the personal growth and reflection. I'm actually, like, so happy that it happened, and I'm happily in a new relationship. But, you know, I know that grief is not linear, and I feel like I've been going back to the um, stage of anger and bitterness a lot, and especially lately. Um, how do I free myself from the anger and bitterness and finally just close the door without necessarily being able to express 
all of that anger and bitterness to the person that hurt me. Mm. Brittany, I'm sorry that uh, you went through this. Um, her engagement ended. Mary, mm-hmm. what would you That's... tell Brittany? Yeah. Uh, one of my first, um, early on in my teaching, I was working with a woman who was engaged, and her partner and her best friend had an affair uh, with each other about oh. Uh, oh two weeks gosh. before the wedding. Mm-mm. And this woman was suffering so badly. She was not sleeping. She was losing weight. She was just consumed day and night with this betrayal. And I thought, oh, I don't know. Um, but she and I worked together on oh, just two or three times at the most. And she came through it and moved into this beautiful new life, as it sounds like you're doing, Brittany, moving into this new space. Um, mm-hmm. So it may be that there's a couple of pieces left of that anger and that betrayal that uh, you need to get out of your system. And I would invite you to uh, to get on the forgiveness training website and study up um, or, you know, come see one of us for a couple of times and, and you know, finish this story. But uh, sometimes we have rage inside. Sometimes we are just really, really, really mad. And of course, we it's not actually safe or appropriate in most circumstances to express that to the other person. But in our method, we ex- we do express it. We get the, we put the empty chair in front of us, we start in with the eight steps, and we, we let it rip. And it only takes about 20 minutes to get all your anger out. And then it gets really dissolved in the later steps. Do you literally pull out an empty chair? Yes, we do. And then what happens? And then we... we um, we enter into step one, which is, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to let this go. I'm going to let this anger go. I'm going to get all this bitterness out today. I am. Yes, here I go. And step two, where then um, you lean in and you feel like, where am I carrying this? Oh, it's in my heart. No, it's in my throat. It's like, mm, where am I carrying it? And I help people. I facilitate. I help them like find it in their bodies, and then begin to let it speak. Express their emotions. Express their emotions. And right. it's not pretty. There might be a lot of effing going on. There might be a lot of, you know, F-bombs and, and and name-calling and right. uh, and heartbreaking sobs or whatever. And it feels like, oh, my God, I'm so afraid to touch into this. I'm afraid I'll blow up the building or, or I'll start crying for three weeks that I won't be able to stop. But you know what? Really, when you process your emotions, it takes about 20 minutes. You just have to really go there all the way and not – not short circuit it. And that's my job as the facilitator to help you really get it all out. It's like cleaning out a wound. And then you go in the the rest of the steps that really wraps it up. So, so congratulations on being almost there, Brittany. (laughs) And time helps, but time itself doesn't heal all wounds. No, no, it is. Thank you. It, It isn't true. Time will time heals all wounds. If you manage to stumble across all the steps, intuitively right. and you will probably if you're open if you're not open you won't you won't discover all the steps you'll still it'll be kind of stuck still but maybe you just need a little bit more you know, okay. a little bit more so we are going to talk in detail the eight steps to freedom that you write about in in your book um step one would you and two you just shared um stating your will to make a change step two expressing your emotions and maybe um step three is is uh where you identify your expectations from your mind. So we've gone from will to emotions to mind. In my mind, I really think that he should have done this. He shouldn't have done that. I really think that. Mm-hmm. So releasing the expectations. Mm-hmm. We about. say what we wish, mm-hmm. wish had happened, and then we acknowledge that it didn't happen, and we're letting it go. 
I wish that it happened, but it didn't. I let this go. I release, release it. it. And mm-hmm. you take a minute to go inside, and you feel it kind of going neutral inside. Well, Mary, we're getting lots of phone calls. Let's take a, another phone call from a listener in Minneapolis. Ryan is on the phone. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, good morning. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I really appreciate the subject today, and, and while I certainly have work to do on forgiving other people, my question actually is about, um, for Mary, is does the same process, the workshops, um, does does the work that you do, does it also apply to forgiving yourself? And if it does, is it the same, or are there nuances if it doesn't? But um, having recently gone through some things where I feel like I'm having a hard time forgiving myself, I'd be curious mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts on on what that looks like and, and what may be the same or different about it. And I'm going to hang up and listen. Thank yeah. you. Ryan in Minneapolis. Thank you for asking that, Ryan. Before the show started, I asked Mary this question because I'm like, I identified some things. Like I figured out I needed to forgive myself for some things. That is and, the million dollar question at the beginning of the workshop when we're mm-hmm. talking about things. And the person looking really heavy lifts their hand and says, what about forgiving yourself? And mm-hmm. you could just see the burden of embarrassment, or guilt, shame, regret, disappointment that we carry about ourselves. And that is that's really the biggest one of all. It's the most important one of all. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And um, I think, you know, it's not easy being a person. <laughs> it's difficult being a human being. We can't get it right. We try to get everything right. We do right. strange things. We do odd things. We have, we're complex. We're not as simple as your dog or your goldfish. We're complex. Mm-hmm. So we have to... Uh, you know, it takes a long time to get to know yourself. It takes a long time to sort out who you really mean to be and to get over things that you were conditioned in and all of that. But um, self-forgiveness is a beautiful experience that we need to seek. And um, it is best accomplished if you uh, take some time, if you haven't already, to get very acquainted with um, your spiritual nature, your your soulful level, your relationship with God or spirit or universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, because you have to get for a moment to this bigger point of view, a really bigger point of view on you and your human situation. And it is a different technique. It's a different method. And in fact, I believe on my site, I have a guided exercise um, in self-forgiveness. And you can listen to me guide you through but it. But there's steps. But sort of there he's, he's taking the it's first diff- but step. It's he's different. acknowledged it. He's yeah, identified it, that he needed to forgive himself. Yes, but it's different. It's a different process. In in my book also we talk we have a you know eight chapters dedicated to each of the eight steps of forgiving others and there's a whole chapter for self forgiveness. And there's a whole chapter for I want to call meta forgiveness where you're kind of forgiving life, forgiving God, forgiving, you know So what happens if you don't forgive yourself for something? Um, how does that affect a person? Well, you you're not you're not bringing your best into the room. You're not bringing mm-hmm. the best into your life, and uh, you're not expecting the best and getting it out of life. Mm-hmm. You're living smaller. You're living a more shadowed version of it yourself. Can be done. Mary, we have lots of phone calls. Uh, folks waiting to talk with you in Minneapolis. Marcy is on the line. Good morning, Marcy. What did you want to share with us? Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we yes. can. Go right ahead. Well, first of all, I really appreciate that you are uh, hosting this conversation. It's just so important. Uh, there's so much, you know, th- there's so much hurt that goes around on any at any given day, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love that we are talking about how to help ourselves move on. Um, for me, one thing that I struggle with in my family is how to forgive when the hurt recurs. 
when it keeps going. And especially, you know, as, as the holidays are upon us, it's particularly keen for me. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, undue blame. There's uh, what I what I would call, you know, emotional abuse and mm-hmm. uh, things that uh, lead to scapegoating and messages sent around that you can go here and you can't go there. And um, and this affects me. It affects my child. It, it affects my partnership. Uh, and so what I've struggled with, and this has gone on for some years now, is how to forgive when I'm being asked to carry weight that doesn't feel like mine. Mm. Family relationships. Thank you, Marcy. And stay with us to, to listen to Mary. We talked about this in the introduction, uh, like holiday gatherings. A lot of people dread them because along with the people they love and can't wait to see, there may be somebody in the room sitting at the table who, uh, you know, you harbor a lot of resentment and, and, and maybe for valid reasons. So um, what would you say to Marcy about, you know, this? it continues on? And you, you're it still face to face with the person yes. who hurt you. Yes, and yes, and your family is your family for a lifetime. Uh, they're kind of like uh, our our ongoing classrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people are aware between Thanksgiving and uh, the winter holidays of like, oh no, I forgot about how much I hate that person. Oh, I forgot how they get in under my craw. Okay, mm-hmm. oh my God, I have to go there again. And she so, talks about it continues like it there's continues the past because the person is uh, dysfunctional, toxic. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, personality disordered, mentally ill, or, you know, uh, in ways that, you know, people can't even really name, but they they cause all this uh, rupture and, and, you know, stress in the family. So, so this is where I think this is a great time of year to do what I call preemptive forgiveness, which is, you know, what's going to bug you, you know, how this person's going to act, this has happened time after time. So why not? get ready for it and do a really nice hunk of forgiveness work around this individual and that individual and get it out of your system, chances are very good the next time you see them, uh, you'll be surprised at how much less bothered you feel because you don't have that backlog, that pot of past experiences that have piled up. It's just, oh, they're doing this. And one of the, you know, we have to struggle with certain people in our lives who are not uh, really, you know, safe for us uh, around, okay, how do I do this? We have to have boundaries. I, I think time is a great boundary. I can, all right, I'm going to go there for an hour and then I'm leaving, you know, <laughs> or I'm going to go there with my friend, my best friend. You say it's a big, bigger gathering and they're going to sit right next to me or they're going to sit across from me and wink at me when somebody gets, you know, starts acting weird. So is part of it like thinking about why does this person behave the way that they do? And again, releasing the expectations, like it would be your preference if if that person would just sit in the corner and just leave me alone. But, right. you know. Why are they so ag- aggressively annoying? Why are they putting it out there? Why are they uh, stirring up negativity right. in the family? And, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of mental illness around. And, you know, a lot of it's not diagnosed. A lot of it is, just re- you know, having its way in our family with certain personality things. And um, we, we can drive ourselves nuts asking, why? Why is this person doing this? Why did they say that? Why did, ah? The point is, they did. And it doesn't actually mean anything about you at all. It's really their bad behavior. Um, but you need to take some time, maybe aside from the situation, to get your irritation out, to get your anger out, to say to the empty chair, you know, I hate you, actually. I hate you. You're such a jerk. We're you, not supposed you to say that. With, I can say that say, to the empty you know chair. What? I promise the empty chair has never 
got up and left the room. It has never yelled back at me. You can say it to an empty chair. You can say, F you, empty chair. You can say, I hate you. You are terrible. I wish you weren't in this family. I wish I never had to see you again. These, this is how we feel when someone has insulted us or, you know, harmed our dignity publicly in front of other people. We feel rage. We feel mad. But we can't usually uh, deal with Display it that. in front of other people. Yeah, but you can get it out on the side and come up with a strategy around how are you going to be here. All right. Uh, let's take another phone call in YZ. Let's talk to Don. Don is on the line. And Don, what do you want to tell us or ask us about forgiveness? Well, um, thank you very much for covering this topic. I appreciate it greatly. Um, and I and I certainly understand the benefits of the self-care around um, forgiveness. But where it runs afoul for me is that um, my circumstances that um, two police officers um, killed my 16-year-old son four years ago on a mm. botched mental health call. And um, so I certainly dealt with the stages of grief. And my first question is that, is that um, it, where, does, where does forgiveness fit into the stages of grief? I think specifically around acceptance. And the second part, maybe an observation or a question in that, um, for those of us who may be in a situation where uh, someone's to blame for something else, um, it, it's almost as though um, I'm duty-bound or honor-bound not to forgive, and um, that that's a violation in doing so. And then last, I'll say that um, this, I may be, this may seem like a cop-out, but I thought you couldn't forgive people who didn't want to be forgiven or, or don't feel that they they warrant forgiveness. And with those, those I'll, I'll drop off and, and mm-hmm. gratefully listen offline. Mm-hmm. Don, thank you for calling and sharing that. I'm so sorry for the loss of your son. Don is dealing with grief um, and, and also talking about uh, trying to forgive what, you know, the unforgivable. A true injustice. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. That is a really sad and harsh story. And um I'm I'm really sorry for that loss as well and this this takes us right to the heart of you know the the big questions around forgiveness of should I forgive something that is so horribly wrong should I forgive somebody uh that has taken away my loved one does that dishonor them you know do I need to take a stand forever about this and um again I we have to say this is something uh you know Injustice is injustice. Wrong is wrong. You can't you can't soft pedal that. That's true and true and true. But the question is, are you going to ever have peace in your life anyway? And are you going to be able to, in a, in effect, uh, clean and heal this overall story to the extent that you can keep this precious uh, son of yours in your heart forever? And keep the best of what you were given together in the time that you had, and um, uh, it's forgiveness again. It's it has nothing to do with the intensity of the injustice or the right or the wrong. It's about are you going to heal? Are you going to heal deeply? Are you going to let go of your expectation that your son would be alive today? Uh, the expectation that those officers had been good people who had been well-trained and um, that the story would have gone entirely differently. These are, of course, the wishes that, that one would have. But we don't we don't know why these things happen. We don't know why people die young. We don't know uh, when it's, you know, 
when that story is is completing. We don't know a lot of things. Uh, but we but, do know the harm that comes from holding on to the pain and not being able to. Yeah, the harm of, of carrying that anguish inside. And you can't, you know, you can't rush it. You have to feel back to the stages of grief. Uh, you know, like in circumstances like that, um, we we can't just immediately forgive. We can immediately have an intention eventually mm-hmm. to be in forgiveness, but we have to work walk through those those stages of that anger and that sorrow and the waves of pain that are there. And perhaps we can forgive pieces of it at a time, but uh, you can be free of it eventually and really uh, retrieve the full love between you and your son in your heart. In Minneapolis, Lynn is on the phone. Lynn, what did you want to share with us about forgiveness? Uh, good morning to both of you. I wanted to share a, an unsolicited testimonial in support of Mary's retreat workshop. About six years ago, um, I attended Mary's weekend retreat on forgiveness, and I did so because I was so sick and tired of living with this hurt and betrayal that had been part of my life a few years prior. Um, And I got tired of Googling how to forgive. I got tired of asking friends and family how to forgive this. I got tired of asking my pastor how to do this forgiveness work. And I stumbled upon Mary's retreat workshop. I went, took a lot of courage to get myself there, but I went to that weekend retreat. And it totally changed my life. (laughs) I learned two things. One is to forgive myself and then to forgive this person who had been part of this betrayal. Um, It was hard work, but like I said, it changed my life. And I can tell you six years later, I have a totally different relationship with this person who um, was part of that betrayal. Um, And I'm in a much better spot as a human being, having done this work. So thank you, Mary. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for calling in, Lynn. So Lynn, uh, this sounds advanced. Not only was the forgiveness, did that take place, but a relationship was restored. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I didn't expect that to happen. (laughs) That was not my goal when I signed up for the retreat. It was just to unload this burden and figure out how to release it from my life. Um, But in time, yes, this person, and I I guess part of it is I allowed and invited this person back into my life to have some sort of a connection. Mm -hmm. And so it has all turned out well. Now, I'm not here to say that happens for everyone, but for me, it has been life-changing. All right, that's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Let's go to Marble and talk to Gary, who's on the phone. Good morning, Gary. Thank you for calling in. What do you want to tell us about forgiveness? Good morning. Hi. Um. A number of years ago, uh, first of all, I've been journaling for 55 years. And the journaling has really helped me (laughs) save my own life. And one of the things I discovered was that if I could write it down, then I was ready to deal with it. And I've come to believe that in the, the very simple idea that to understand is to pardon. Uh, And primarily, I need to understand myself. Uh, The the why question people ask, I believe, is what you need to be asking, or one of the things is, why am I responding as I do? Uh, What you need 
to to do is stop giving other people power over who you are and how you define yourself. So I believe that if I can understand myself, I can pardon myself. Mm, you can and forgive it's yourself. Much easier, much easier to pardon other people once I understand myself and work to understand others. All right, Gary, I want to have uh, Mary comment on that. Uh, Gary is sharing a lot there, uh, talking about, um, you know, again, control and power, why, why the benefit of forgiving others and forgiving yourself. Yes, and Gary, you sound like a very uh, determined uh, and self-disciplined man. Wrote it down. Right, yeah, right. wrote it Journalist. down. Mm-hmm. I'm 50 years of journaling, and uh, I do think to put things in our feelings into words is very helpful, to speak the truths and the and the emotional truths, the unspeakable truths, to put them into words and speak them and, and get them out there. And I do think that once we uh, have understanding about something, we do have more compassion for ourselves and for others. Uh, and so you can start there. There's, there's some forgiveness methods. There's about 26 models of forgiveness out there and different methods and approaches and st- steps like that. And some of them say, yes, you should journal and journal and journal and get to understanding, and then the forgiveness will happen. That's one way of, of going at it. The other way of going at it is is going right through the emotional pain, which is what my method does, and say, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I hate you. And you get the kind of the raw feelings out. Um, but what happens... I would say almost always is we get to the end, understanding just slides in. You mm. get to the end when, and the experience of forgiveness then suddenly gives you understanding. Like, oh, I get it. I just remembered that blah. Oh, you know, it's because it, it just slides on in and that, that understanding and compassion comes present. So you can, you know, you can start here or start there. Uh, but I'm glad that at least you have made a commitment to that. Thank you, Gary. Let's go to Shakopee and talk to Grace, who's been waiting uh, to talk to us. Uh, Grace, go ahead. Thank you for calling in. Oh, thank you. Um, I was calling in um, because I have a son that uh, has been dealing with chemical dependency and mental illness for 24 years. And um, no matter what he's done, how many treatment programs he's been in, he continues to use. And... I am wondering, how do you forgive someone that is, we're very involved with him still because of his issues. We haven't cut him out of our life at all. Um, But it's the, how do I forgive someone that, the whole family, as far as like when you have the holidays coming up and um, he's going to be coming and he'll be either like almost catatonic or he'll be very, um, hyper, he's addicted to meth, and um, it's ongoing. It's, a, un- yeah, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing, ongoing. thing. It's not mm-hmm. something in the past. It's not something that was an incident, and we can deal with the incident. It's ongoing, and it probably will be. You know, and my husband and I are now sixty-six and seventy-one. Um, and you love your son, you, and we love our son. And, and mm-hmm. the, the person that he is is, I mean, he can be a very He's a very nice person um, at heart, but he's very difficult to deal with sometimes as well. And 
Grace, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are mm-hmm, nodding their heads at that mm-hmm. one. You know, to to have a family member who you love with all your heart and you remember the beautiful child they were and, and you know they're a good person and, and you see who they could be and yet they're sick. They're sick with uh, and they're drug causing, addiction or alcoholism or mental right. illness, and their they're behavior is disruptive. Right. And it's it's really a challenge for people to know how do I keep them in my family and how do we have boundaries too. Step so, four: boundaries. Tell me about boundaries. <laughs> right. Um, well, uh, step four is when we say uh, to ourselves and the, the other person and to life, "Okay, you know what? This is your." Your problem. This is your your issue. I'm I am releasing my responsibility for your issues. They're yours, and I have responsibility just for me. And we visualize a healthy personal space, like a like a sphere of light around us. This is me. This is my space. This is who I am. This is what I do, and I'm not. Uh, what they do is not a reflection on me. And it uh, and this feels good to people. They kind of feel like, oh, I'm getting kind of back into my my driver's seat again. You know, this mm-hmm. is not. not reacting to this person. And then we move into the step five, where we really open up to life again in a new way. We declare it, I open up to life to get exactly what I need from here on out. And we just really kind of uh, open up the channel, so to speak, between our personal self that's been kind of closed down and wounded and our, our higher self that is creative and and happy and joyous. And we start kind of a new uh, openness to our spiritual uh, connection. And then uh, we move into step six where we really visualize a source of healing light that is going to come and uh, in, come into our personality, our body, our feelings, our mind. Because we've opened up. We've opened up we and we've now healing. visualized this healing energy. And whether you believe there's actually healing energy pouring into you from above or you're looking at it as a visualization, it doesn't matter. It works. It works. And a lot of people actually see their heads fill up with light or they feel a, a warmth all over or they feel peace descending. There's something physical that happens. I, I open up to the life and I bring in this healing energy and then into step seven, I'm going to send some out to them. I'm going to send a visualize a big sunbeam of unconditional love towards this person I'm forgiving and and letting them go. I send you some goodwill and I release you to be yourself and back to the full circle step eight. What's good about this person? What's good about the situation? What's good about me? And I'm going to keep my mind rested there into the future. And you call these the eight steps to freedom. Yes. Why the eight steps to freedom? Why do you call it that? That's what it's all about. Where it's really uh, the beginning intention is I got to let go. I got to be free of this burden. And the end result is you actually feel physically free. I, I see people feeling like, I can breathe better. I'm breathing mm-hmm. better. My shoulders have relaxed. My head feels clear. I feel like laughing and going home and doing something I've been meaning mm-hmm. to get done. There's a freedom that is just in this instantaneously released. And I've had just some marvelous experiences with um, with people healing and getting just really vibrant. and, and Over uh, 30 years of teaching, yes. <laughs> I imagine you do. Mayor, we're out of time. I just want to thank you for what you've shared today and thank our listeners uh, uh, for being so courageous and willing to share their stories. I appreciate you as always. We've been talking with Mary Hayes Greco, the author of the book, Unconditional Forgiveness, a simple and proven method to forgive everyone and everything. She's the director of the Midwest Institute for Forgiveness Training in Minneapolis. Thank you, Mary. Be safe, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at nine. Today's conversation was produced by Matt Alvarez. 
Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.